Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year. We thank God for his goodness. And it gives me great joy to welcome you to the very first service in the year 2024. What a joy to be in the presence of the Lord on this first Sunday of 2024. My prayer is that your seat will not be empty every Sunday this year in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Our theme for this year is all round blessings. And this morning, I will be sharing thoughts with us on a message I have titled, Reality of God's Blessings. Reality of God's Blessings. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this morning. And what a joy to be able to come into your house or to be in your presence this morning. Father, we magnify you. We pray, Lord, that you would minister to us. That you give us a word that we can hold on to. That as we go into this year, help us, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us to focus on you and on you alone. And help us, Lord, to receive from you. And hold on to that which you would give to us this morning. I pray, Lord, that our time in your presence today will be fulfilling. And we'll leave your presence with a great and a deep sense of fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let me be your oracle and your oracle alone this morning. To your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Reality of God's blessings. We'll be reading three passages of Scripture. The first one is one of our team texts, which is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. The second one is Luke 24, verses 50 and 51. And then the third passage of scripture is Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 24. If you have your outline, you need to correct that. It should be Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 24. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. Genesis 1, 28. It says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
Luke 24, verses 50 and 51. Our Lord Jesus, at the end of his ministry and time on earth, oh, sorry, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. I read that again. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Amen. And then Romans chapter 4 from verses 18 through to 24. He says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now this morning, I'll look briefly at the meaning of blessing. And then I'll look at the character of God is to bless and then God's capacity to bless. And then finally, conditions for the blessing. So we're looking at character of God to bless, capacity of God to bless, and then the condition for the blessing. You know, our theme for this year is all-round blessings. And sometimes I wish we could get people to just write down what their thoughts are. I know that so many are excited about the team and are really looking forward to how God is going to bless them. And are looking at which blessing to appropriate And others are wondering, what is this all-round blessing all about? And then others are a bit cynical. This is how they say, you know, this is how they will say all-round blessing. At the end of the year, my life is still the same. Last year, they, told, they, they talked about multiplication. Where am I now? Is there multiplication in my life? Don't we have people like that? 
That's the reality. And others may just be nonchalant. They are just completely indifferent. And that's why I have chosen to speak to Ross this morning on the very first Sunday to talk about the reality of God's blessings. To let us know that, look, these things are real. They are real. They are not just talk. They are real. They happen. They are fulfilled in the lives of people. And we have accounts in the Bible. And that's why this morning, I, I, I want to, to build on this. And help us to first understand what blessing is. And why blessing. And then to now see that, look, it is in the character of God to bless. That's his character. In the first place, he set out to bless. And then to reassure us that God has the capacity to bless. You know, it's one thing to say something. It's also another thing to have the capacity to make it happen, right? And then finally, we'll look at, so, what are the conditions for, this, um, for these blessings? I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. My prayer is that we will not wait until the end of the year. That as we progress, people will begin to experience and see the fulfillment of God's blessings in their lives in Jesus' name. That we can focus, genuinely desire these blessings, and believe God to bring them to pass in our lives. What was what, what, the meaning of blessing? The very first one I have here is that, look, it's a divine gift causing our work to succeed. A divine gift causing our work to succeed. When you look at, you go to our team text, one of it, Deuteronomy 28, if you look at from 12 to 14, it says, the Lord will open the heavens the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You know, divine gift causing our work to do what? To succeed. So it becomes an integral ingredient that we need to be able to succeed in the things that we do. So God will provide and supply what we need so that we will be at the head and not at the tail. So that we can have enough and be in a position to give to others and not to go to them and start wanting to loan from them. And that's success. And it's important that we understand some of these and also understand the context. But you see, the one that I, I, I think a lot of and I believe means so much to me is God's presence with us. Because that's huge blessing. You know, when God is with you, when you have the presence of God with you, it means a whole lot. 
And that's why God will tell Isaac and say to him, look, remain here because I'm going to be with you. And, and for me, once God can say, look, I'm, I'm with you and I'll be with you here, what else do you need? Tell me, do you need any other thing? It's just like if you have a son or a child, a daughter. And typically you notice that when they are in the presence or in the company of their parents, you see how confident those kids are. They are so confident. And you look into their eyes, they, they feel as if, look, as long as my father is here, my mother is here with me, I can have access to anything I want. True or false? When you see children, you see that's their disposition. They don't go around worrying about, so where is the next food going to come from? Whose business is that? Eh? Whose business is it? Yes. The parents. It's the parents. And that's why this God's presence being with us, for me, is it's just the, it's the crown of this blessing. And that's why in Genesis 26, 3, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while. And I will be with you and will bless you. I will be with you. And we do what? And we bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all this land and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. You know, he says, I will be with you. And when you are going through any situation, and you receive that word, that reassuring word that says, look, my presence is with you. That is it. That is it. And then thirdly, is God giving us strength, power, and help. And we see that in Ephesians 3.16 and then Colossians 1.11. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. But let's look at the way this is rendered in the message. And the message takes it from 14 through to 19. You know, it says... My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who passes out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you will be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love, reaching out, and experience the breath, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the height, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. That's the message rendition. And, and then... The last bit of looking at the meaning of blessing, and I think this is also very helpful, is, is he says, look, 
is God walking in and through us to produce good. And you see this in Philippians 2.13. You know, walking in and through us to produce good. And Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who walks in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. In order to fulfill his good purpose. You know, as we desire blessing, it's important to know why you desire the blessing. You know, many of us desire blessings so that we can appropriate them for our own personal benefit. We want to accumulate. You want to have more and more and more. But the reality is that we need to connect to God's purpose. Because when God blesses, he blesses for a purpose. Are you with me? When he blesses, he blesses for what? For a purpose. You know, he blesses so that you can also be a blessing. So he does not just bless for, 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 for the sake of it, for the fund of it. There is always a purpose. And it's important to connect to that purpose. Otherwise, you'll just be an accumulator. You just be accumulating. I pray that the Lord will make us channels. I pray that in our desire for blessings, we will desire to be channels. You know, so that God's blessings will be flowing through us and we too will be dispensing blessings to others in Jesus' name. And we will be fulfilling the good purpose and plan that God has in mind. And this is very helpful. Because when God sees that, look, you are fulfilling that purpose, he mean he, he will keep the, the channel flowing. If he sees that, yes, when I bless this, my brother, he too dispenses blessings. The Lord would ensure that the supply of blessing does not do what? Does not dry out. Does not dry out. So, I pray that the Lord will help us to connect to this. And I pray that the Lord will make us channels in Jesus' name. Amen. The character of God is to bless. That's God's character. His character is to bless. And that's why at creation, the first thing God did in relation to humanity, the very first thing he did, in relation to humanity, was to bless them. That was the first thing he did, was to bless them. That's God's character. That's the nature of God. God only caused when man did what? Disobeyed and sinned. It's not in his character at all. His character is to bless and bless and bless. And his desire is to bless. Because it's his character, he would always want to bless. What will come out of him is what? Blessing. So we saw at creation in Genesis, the, the, the passage of scripture that we read, the very first thing he did was to bless. The very first thing he did was to bless. And then God has sustained his work through blessing. And you see that in Ezekiel 34, um, 26, he says, I will bless them and the places surrounding my hill. I will send down showers in season. There will be showers of blessings. God loves to bless. He desires to bless. So you, you see, you don't have to overinduce him for him to bless. That's his nature. He wants to bless. 
the only thing that will stop him from blessing is when we, 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 we drift or degenerate into disobedience. Or we live in sin. Then, you know, he, he, he can't. They are not compatible. But as long as we live holy lives and we live in obedience, the Lord will continue to shower his blessings. He will continue to rain his blessings on us. That's how God operates. So he, he started with blessing. And that was why he chose the nation of Israel. He chose Israel to bless them and to make them a blessing. So that through them, he will bless all the nations. And we, we, you, you will see that in the Abrahamic um, uh, blessings in, in, in Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 to 3. God chose Israel primarily to bless them and make them a blessing. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever causes you, I will cause. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I pray that the Lord will make us channels of blessings in Jesus' name. So that's one of the major reasons. Another reason again is, you know, so that Israel can play the role of reconciling all the nations to God. And you see that in Isaiah 42, verse 6, and Isaiah 49, verse 6. And then he also loved Abraham and the nation that was to come out of Abraham. And he desired the opportunity to make them into a model nation of his way of life so that all the other nations can see. And so that, through that, he can bless. And that we would see in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 to 8, and Deuteronomy chapter 9, um, verse 6. So, it's God's character to bless. He started out blessing, he continued and sustained his work through blessing. He chose Israel to bless them and to make them a blessing. And then when we look at the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you look at the New Testament, the whole work of Christ can be summed up by the statement that we see in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3, verse 26. And it says, that God sent him first to you to bless you. That Christ was sent to bless. And throughout his ministry, he was blessing. He blessed children. And we saw in one of um, the, the, the passages we read earlier in Luke 25, verses 50 to 51, at the end of his ministry on earth, the last thing that he did as he was departing, we're told, he says, when he, ha he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So you see, the last act of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth was what? To bless. To bless. To bless. Is anyone in doubt that God's character is to bless? That's his character. His character is to bless. 
our Lord Jesus came to bless and to continue to bless. The last thing he did was to bless. And blessing plays a key role. It's an integral part of the ministry of the apostles. Even after Jesus, the apostles continued. And blessing was just an integral part of what they were doing. In Romans 15, 29, it says, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I will come in the full measure of the blessings of Christ. The character of God is to do what? Is to bless. If you forget all that we'll be saying this morning, please remember that. That that's his character. That's his character. When you have a friend, I'm sure there's something that you can say for that friend. And when you look at that friend, you say, mm, yeah, that's his character. You don't need anybody to convince you. Because from your knowledge of that person, you know that, no, that's it. Maybe somebody is generous. So when they want to talk about him, say, ah, this person gave me it. Ah, no, 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 he's, that's his character. He's generous. And, you know, and there are some people who, you know, you can't hold on to what they say. You understand? You talk, 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 talk like that. So, when they say something, and say, who said it? He says, Mr. A. Mm, is it Mr. A? Mm. With his character, you can't hold on to what he says. Oh. But here, the character of God is to do what? It's to bless. And the next is capacity to bless. You know, it's one thing to have the character. It's also the other thing to have the capacity. And the question I want to ask you is, does God, does he have the capacity to bless? Even without showing you evidence, does God have the capacity to bless? Of course he is. God is able. God is able God is able. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us he's able. And Paul was concluding his letter. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or can even imagine. More than all we ask. Beyond our imagination according to his power that is, work, is at work within us. Yes, God is able. There is no doubt in it. So in terms of capacity to bless, God has capacity to bless. The next question would be, under capacity is, is God willing? Is he willing? We have said something is somebody's character. Will he be willing to do it? Of course. Of course. If it's his character, then he will be willing. So he's seeking for opportunities to bless. You don't have to go too far. And you know, it just makes me excited, you know, that we are in such a privileged position as his children. That God is willing and, and, and he's faithful. He is so faithful. We saw it from the passage that we read in Romans chapter 4. And, and, and in Hebrews 6 from verse 11 to 15 he says, we want each of you to show this same diligence. To the very end, so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith 
and patience inherited what had been promised. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. God is faithful. In fact, his faithfulness is amazing. Because of the blessings that he pronounced on Abraham, even when the nation of Israel would sin against him, when he thinks of his servant Abraham, what will he do? He will forgive. And then he will bless. God is faithful. And he's so committed. His commitment is amazing. So when you look at his capacity, you can't question his capacity. So he's able, he's willing and faithful, and he is committed. He's committed to this cause of blessing because it's his character to bless. And then conditions for God's blessings. And this is where we come in. All the other ones the Lord will deal with, they will happen. But when we then come to conditions for God's blessings, then it becomes important that we also play our role. And the very first one is relationship with God. To believe in God and to love him. This is very important. You need to be in a relationship with God. So when we talk about all-round blessings, and you are here, you are not in a relationship with God, then you can't lay claims to those blessings. Until you come into a relationship, you can't be entitled to the blessings that we're talking about. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to be in a relationship with him, one that is personal between you and God, one that is real and is love-driven. And that's very, very important. At the end of this message, I will give opportunity to those who have not given their lives to Christ so that they can do so. Because you need to lay that foundation. That platform must be in place so that other things can now be built on them. And so much has been said about obedience, living in obedience. So when you are in relationship with God, you have given your life to Christ. You are a child of God. It's important that you live in obedience. Very important. We must cultivate living in obedience. Otherwise, we cannot continue to enjoy these blessings. That's the condition. And that's why in Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 1, it starts by saying, if you fully obey the Lord your God. If you fully obey the Lord your God. And carefully follow all his commands. I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. And you can appropriate this at your level. You can appropriate it at your level. And the Lord will bring it to pass in Jesus' name. You bring it to pass. You bring it to pass. And if you go to verses 13 and 14 of Deuteronomy 28, 
you know, you would also, he says, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them. If you pay attention. And then he goes on and say, do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. We need to watch out so that we follow the commands so we don't serve other gods. Because some people serve other gods. They have other gods in their lives. Maybe sometimes they are not even conscious. They have other gods. And that's why the Bible will say, look, you cannot serve God and mammon. Can't serve God and money. Some people, money is their God. They don't know. But somehow, money has been elevated. To which level? Money has been elevated to the level of worship. Are you with me? It's been elevated to which level? Level of worship. Money, materialism, property. Everything about them is just money, 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 money. We need to watch it. We need to be very careful. We need to be sensitive. We need to be careful. And there's so many other things. Anything that competes with God in your life has become an object of worship. And as long as you have those, then you need to watch it. Because you may be living in disobedience. And then the third one is desire his blessings and exercise faith. We saw it in the life of Abraham. The Lord pronounced his blessing. Abraham desired it. Abraham exercised faith. He believed God. Even at the age of 100, even when the wife's womb was technically dead, Abraham believed he had faith. I pray that our faith will be that strong in Jesus' name. But Abraham is man like you and I. I pray that the Lord will help us. And then another thing is to remove hindrances to blessings. We must remove everything from our lives that will hinder the blessing. Deeds of darkness, according to Romans 13, 12. It says, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's put aside the old self, the Adamic nature, corrupted by deceitful desires. Ephesians 4.22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then finally, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, I call that besetting sins, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I pray that the Lord will help us. Let's do a critical examination of our lives so that we will not be entangled by these besetting sins that will stand between us and our all-round blessings. I pray that the Lord will help us. That this year, by his grace, will indeed be our year of all-round blessings. And I pray that we will focus and be determined that nothing will stand between us
and our all-round blessings in Jesus' name. Let us bow our heads to pray. I just want us to start talking to God and ask that the Lord will help us. I don't know what your challenges may be, but what is important is to know that it is the character of God to bless, and he has the capacity to bless. His capacity is not in doubt at all. But how well are you and I doing with the conditions? How well are you and I doing with the conditions? How would you focus to ensure that you don't fall short? Do we have anyone in the main auditorium or in Pinel or connected to us online worshiping with us this morning and you are not in a relationship with God? Once you are not in a relationship with God, you can't claim these blessings. The very first step you need to take to meet the primary condition is to first of all give your life to Jesus. Is to repent of your sins, forsake, confess them, forsake them, and ask that the Lord Jesus will forgive you and ask Jesus to come into your life so that you can establish a relationship with Jesus. That's the very first step. That's the first obedience. That's the very first obedience. On this first Sunday of January 2024, you need to settle this. You need to exercise this act of obedience. It's the very first one. And perhaps the most important one. And it's indeed the most important decision you take in your life. And that is the decision to give your life to Jesus. To say bye-bye to sin. You don't want to live in sin again. And to hand over your life to Jesus. Do we have any such person? I want you to just raise your right hand. All heads bow and eyes closed. Just raise your right hand. And our ministers are here. They will pray with you. Raise your right hand. Whether you are in the main auditorium or in Pinel, just raise your right hand up so that our ministers will pray with you and lead you to Christ. So you can give your life to Christ. That is the very first act of obedience. You don't want your life to be the same. And you don't want this opportunity to pass you by. You want to start on the right note laying the right kind of foundation for a year of all round blessing. And if you are connected to us online and you want to take this decision, I just need you to stretch your hands towards your device and begin to confess your sins. Repent and ask that the Lord will have mercy on you and forgive you. Ask that the Lord will have mercy on you and forgive you. And begin to pray. But if you are on site with us, this is your chance. Just raise your right hand up and our ministers will pray with you. Just your right hand up. You are before God Almighty. This is the very first step. I give you a few, just a few seconds more. If you are in the valley of decision, just take the right decision by obeying. This is your first test of obedience to give your life to Jesus. Ask Jesus to come into your life so that you are on the path to all-round blessings. The rest of us, let us spend time praying and asking that the Lord will help us. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Let's ask the Lord to help us to live a life of obedience and to be careful how we live our lives. 
that we live our lives in this in, in the full consciousness that we want to please God. We want to please God. Let's ask that the Lord will help us. Let's ask that the Lord will help us so that we don't fall short at all. So that indeed this year will be a year of all-round blessing for us in Jesus' name. Father Lord, I pray for all those that have decided and responded to you in obedience this morning to give their lives to Christ and to come into a relationship with you. To repent, to confess, and forsake their sins and to open their hearts to you. I pray, Lord, that, Father, you will come into their lives, that you forgive them and cleanse them from all forms of unrighteousness, and that, Lord, you commence the work of transformation in them in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for the rest of us, that, Father, you would help us. That whatever will constitute hindrances between us and benefiting from all-round blessings this year, that, Father, you would help us and take them away. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive, both in the spirit and physically, in ensuring that we live a life of full obedience in the name of Jesus. And all those sins, besetting sins, that are designed to hinder us, that Father, you would help us to overcome them. To overcome them. To live victoriously in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal rock of ages. Glory be unto thy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.